That's Mike Gill from Believe in Eagles. Don't forget, like, rate, review, and subscribe to the Believe in Eagles podcast. And make sure you check back to the Believe in Eagles feed each and every day for the very best on the Eagles. Here's today's conversation. There's going to be a lot of movement there. It just depends on if they feel like Sirianni can fix this next year. Philly looks more about what can you do for me in the future than like a reward for what you've done to past work. And it's just a matter of if they feel like the team has completely quit on Sirianni, won't play for him anymore, then they have to make a move. But if they feel like he can somehow fix it, then he'll stay. And I just don't think that decision's been completely made yet. Jeremy Fowler on Greeny today. No decision yet, but it's not going to be about past accomplishments. It's if you are the guy that can fix what's going on in the locker room. I'm Mike Gill. This is the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. What do you guys think? Is Nick Sirianni the guy to fix the problems in the locker room? Text board 609-403-0973. Text board is open. You guys have been posting away, giving us some insight. Would you fire Nick Sirianni based on the season we just watched and how, ultimately, how it ended? It's not how it went the first 11 weeks. It's how it went over the last two months of the season. And, you know, it's not even for me. Like, if they finished the season, you know, 11-6 and and they were competitive, and they lost the playoff game, it would have been a disappointing loss, like 31-28. Yeah, you're better in my mind than Tampa Bay is, but at least you would have been competitive. It's the non-competitive nature of how these games were lost. That's it for me. It is unrecognizable football that got us here. That's what got us here, unrecognizable football. And I cannot condone saying you deserve another shot when I saw something I've never seen in my life. You heard what John Mark said. In all the time we've been covering sports, we've never seen something comparable to this. And even if I did, even if I said, you know what, he brought up the 94 Eagles, and I thought he made a great reference with the Monday Night Football crew, you know, about uh, co-tight, yada, yada, yada. Even if I can think of a instance, it would be one. What the Eagles just accomplished, you should shake their hand and say, congratulations, you're the only organization that has ever done something so awful in sports. You don't get a gold star for that, though. You get a kick in the ass right out the door. And I hate to say it. I like Sirianni. I'm not some Sirianni hater. I think he's a little corny at times, his pandering and all that kind of stuff. But to me, he seemed like a guy that the players enjoyed playing for. Like, you, we all have the friend. If he's your friend, he's great. But to the other group of people in the bar, the guy's annoying. That could be Sirianni, but it's always fun to have that guy as your friend, not the annoying guy. And unfortunately, he's now becoming annoying to his friends as well. He keeps getting into trouble. He keeps starting fights. As you get older, you get to a point in your life where I don't want to keep getting into bar fights. I don't want to keep getting into arguments with people at the bar because my friend is out of hand. Is Nick Sirianni just turning off the guys that, he, that used to have his back? That's where it feels this is going. It feels that Sirianni... The friend said, yeah, I know. Like, you got to imagine. 
think about this. Sirianni's walking out of the tunnel in Kansas City, and he's yelling up at the fans. You don't think Travis Kelsey calls his brother Jason and says, dude, what's up with Nick? That was weak sauce, man. And that other guys around the league who have played for the Eagles and are gone, played with the Eagles and are gone, played with players on the Eagles and are gone, are saying, yo, man, what's up with you? Ah, you know, that's just Nick, you know. And you have that feeling. You get to a point, you know, you have friends in your life that you're okay hanging out with in a group. But you're not calling that guy to be like, hey, you and me just want to go out and get a beer together? Because you're like, because I know this guy's going to say something stupid, and I don't want to be the only one there that has to stand up for him. Nick Sirianni's becoming the guy that nobody wants to go out and have drinks with one-on-one. They can only hang out with him in a group, and that's not a good thing. And if that's the situation, and I feel strongly that it's gone down that road, sometimes you have to make tough decisions, and you have to ask yourself, can this relationship grow? And I don't think it can. I think you have a guy who's just not willing to take that next step right now. He still wants to hang out. He still wants to, you know, be loud and annoying. And he still wants to be the guy that he's always been. And I think the Eagles have to try to see through that and say, Nick, again, I think this is a case of he got too much too fast. I don't think anybody thought that he was prepared or ready for this moment. And he proved us wrong in some instances, right? I talked about the show Suits where Mike gets the job that he's not qualified for with his credentials. He did not meet the requirements of passing the bar legally, graduating from law school, Harvard Law School at that to get the job he was interviewing for. But he basically bluffed his way through because he's a likable guy. He's a bluff guy. Nick is a bluffer. He can talk his way through. He's got a good personality. He's a panderer. And I think that was something that rubbed off on Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman of twofold. Hey, we like this guy. He gets it. He gets what we're trying to do because Nick is good at basically telling you what you want to hear. And they're like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's give this guy the job. This could be the next guy that we put on our resume of, we found this guy. You know, the Andy Reid tree, we started that tree. The Doug Peterson tree, we started that tree. And the next one will be the Nick Sirianni tree, which has now started. Shane Steichen, John Gannon, they are on the Nick Sirianni tree. He's already got a head coaching tree. And the Eagles started that. But now... I think the Eagles look at this and they say, did we get the leaves of the tree or did we get the the oak? It looks like we got the leaves and they're falling right now. And Indianapolis and Arizona took the base of our tree. And now we have to make the decision. Do we want to pick up the leaves and try to put them back on? Or is it time? I can't believe now I'm making the plant reference a la Nick Sirianni. It's an interesting question, though, that, you know, because Sirianni, Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie, they do not have a scheduled press conference today. So 
we have to assume that part of the conversation, as was mentioned earlier, has to be, you know, you go back to Doug Peterson in 2020. Why did they get rid of Doug in 2020? Because Doug said, I want these guys to be my coordinators. And Lori was like, dude, no. And they couldn't come to an agreement. So I have to wonder, is part of the, you know, is, and as you brought this up earlier, Mike, what is Sirianni going to say when they ask him, who are you going to bring in? Because yeah, and everyone my and their answer, cousin is saying that this the coordinators are not good. My answer to that has been steadfast this whole time. I don't think Nick has a resume, a Rolodex that can replace. I don't think does he Howie. has. I think Howie does. Yeah, he's been, him and Lori do. They've been in the league long enough, and they have enough conversations. Look, he can call Andy Reid. Andy, who are some guys around the league? You recommend they can call people. They've been in the league for twenty five years. Is, would would Nick be open to Howie saying? Well, that's a different question. If you're saying would Nick be open to it, as John Marks and I discussed, I don't think Nick has another option. So I think he has to put his tail between his legs and saying, "I'll take whoever you give me. Where am I going? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, where is he going? I mean, he should do that at least, but." The whole thing is weird because, like, we were always told that Kevin Petula was Sirianni's guy, right? But then Brian Johnson got the OC game. Well, I think that's part of the problem. You had a problem right from the jump. You had a coach who endorsed someone else. You had the $250 million quarterback who wanted a different guy. The quarterback won. And then the coach wasn't happy with the quarterback's picks performance. And now... You start to have other issues coming here. Well, I didn't even want this guy. I wanted the other guy. So now do you have a triangle of pointing the finger? Yeah, I didn't want him. I didn't want him. He wanted him. And it's like Nick saying, well, I like my quarterback. He's, I like him. I endorse him. But my quarterback now kind of threw me under the bus by picking this guy that I didn't really want. I wanted this guy to be the guy that run the offense. And then you guys took their side. So I'm the head coach, and I'm kind of the one – that my voice was heard the least here. So, and then it got to a point where Nick's saying, what's going on with this offense? It's not what I want. It's not the offense I want. And Brian Johnson's like, well, guess what? This isn't my offense. This is your offense. <laughs> and it's like, if you're going to make me run your offense, it's not going to be my best foot's not going to be forward. So I think if you're kind of talking yourself through this right now, This could have started all the way back there. The Eagles give him that $250 million contract. His voice gets louder. He wants Brian Johnson. Sirianni wants Kevin Petullo. And the front office says, we're going to side with Jalen on this. We want him to be more comfortable. Okay, I'll side with him, but he's got to run my offense. Well, then is the the front office, are they going to be willing to admit they got this wrong? I think what it says is that everybody, it goes back to the conversation we just had with John Marks. Everybody has a slice of the pie here. The front office, by basically allowing this to happen, you know, the offensive coordinator gets some of it. But, look, it's not his offense. This is not what Brian – I would imagine this isn't Brian Johnson's offense. Does Brian Johnson – Nick Sirianni said that it's his offense. So does Brian Johnson get to keep the job because they don't want to change the position again and then they say, this year you run your offense. This is almost akin – to when Andy Reid was running the draft and Howie Roseman was putting together like his own little draft board on the side. Right. And Jeffrey Lurie came out and said, 
you know, we used to use Andy's draft board. Well, now we're going to use Howie's draft board. Right. This could be their moment of saying, Brian Johnson used Nick's playbook. This time we're going to use Brian's playbook and see if that works. So if and I if just, not, yeah. now they're both gone. Now everybody's gone. So then if I spin it back down to the Not e- that I like that option, by the way. No, yeah. I, am, I don't. No, you don't. Um, but to spin it out to the defense, because remember the defense – was horrible too this year. So, how do you resolve that situation? It's not like uh, the Sirianni. defense is a whole other thing, though. I think the defense is cut and dry. Everybody's gone. We start over. In fact, there's some stuff coming out right now. Jordan Davis essentially saying he thinks Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham are gone, and I think this is the first steps of you're getting out of that Vic Fangio defense. We're going a different way. And we're going to start to build this thing around Jalen Carter's strengths and Jordan Davis' strength. They were our first-round picks. We're going to start building a defense for them. And I think the defense is an easier ripping of the Band-Aid off because of what you did this season. So you indirectly made it easier for you in the offseason by doing what you did. If, if Desai doesn't get fired and the team is competitive in the games but they're still losing, then you have a tougher choice, do you not? Right. It's interesting you said that because I wrote about this yesterday at 97.3 ESPN.com about the free agents. Now, I believe Fletcher Cox is gone because of the fact that you can't rationalize not playing Davis, Carter, and Williams anymore. Go and check out that article at 97.3 ESPN.com. Thanks for listening to Believe in Eagles right here on the Believe Network. Don't forget, like, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast feed for the very best in Eagles coverage right here on the Believe in Eagles Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.